of the things I've, always, I've often heard um, others talk about when they've referred to me, even uh, even Mike earlier on, is like, yeah, you know, I always looked up to you, this to you. You seem like you have it well put together, and so on. And I'm thinking, and I'm just telling him as as I'm we're walking out the door, I go, that was my lie. Yeah, it's like, like that was my illusion. <laughs> when um, when I was in high school, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time I spoke, but when I was in high school, grade eleven, uh, English, Miss Dyson's class, they were they were they did they did a mock awards. You know, who's most likely to be this? Who is going to right? And so they had awards that they just did as a satire, mm-hmm. and they gave me the bullshit award. They said there is nobody who can bullshit their way through <laughs> through class the way you do. You have this knack, and uh, I, I took that as a uh, compliment. I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm pretty good at it." And over the years, you know, you lean on your strengths, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. all do. So my strength for the longest time has been I can bullshit with the best of them, and there were always signs of the world telling you. You're full of it, but they would say it differently. Like, you're a real smooth talker. Yeah. And I used to you be like, to yeah, say. I am smooth. Yeah. But actually, am I for real? Yeah. And so as I'm telling him this, I had to eventually say to myself that you're lying. It's actually what you are. You have no integrity in, in anything that you do. And this all came out actually in a, in a self-reflection essay I had to write. Oh, for Taekwondo? For Taekwondo. And uh, and it, I remember writing about it because in Taekwondo they have these what they call the principles of Taekwondo, mm-hmm. uh, and so there is you know there is uh, there's courtesy there is um, there's integrity I think perseverance yeah. and integrity is one of them. And um, when I was writing this essay, I looked at every single one of these tenets they call the tenets of Taekwondo, and I felt like I could write about them, but when I got to integrity. Couldn't. I couldn't write about it. And for the first time, I was like, I think I'm just going to be honest about this. That I didn't have integrity. And I'm going to go work. I'm going to go to work on my integrity. Uh, and then there were questions that I would ask myself, like, so why don't you have integrity? Mm-hmm. Where did you pick that up from? And I started going to going, and I started looking for places where I could go. Mm, see, I wasn't taught integrity, but maybe I was. And or I, rewarded and I for not acting with integrity, right? And I started putting it out there as part of circumstance. I used to do this a lot, uh, where I'd be like, "Oh, I wasn't taught," or I was rewarded to whatever. But very, very quickly, like in during the time of writing this essay, I was like, "No, actually, it was just it's choice." Mm-hmm. You made a choice, MK, and you you chose not to have integrity. And the, the worst part about it is you had everybody else believing that you're full of integrity, mm-hmm. that you're this honest person. Like, I even, when I look back at my past, I even went and decided to work for a bank because bank is it's all about trust and it's all about, you know, um, people in bank. They're, they're trustable people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, you know, combinations to safes and vaults. So I am trustworthy. So I am a person of integrity. So I reinforced it on myself. It's beautiful how the ego can, like, create all this. Um, And I I have quite the ego. So I was like, wow, look at that. I designed all of this and I did all of this. No integrity. 
Um, and I realized that the lack of integrity uh, that I had, and when I say lack of integrity, it's like I wouldn't willfully go out and seek to cheat somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, but I knew that it was something for some reason that was always holding me back. That ultimately, when I would look inside, not having, integrity? Not having enough, not having the level of integrity that I think that I came to realize, A, I'm capable of, that I owe it to myself mm-hmm. and others around me to have, and the cost of which to have that level of integrity and to maintain that level of integrity, I was now willing to pay. Because I think that's the hard thing about balance, and that's the hard thing about having integrity, is that you got to give up something mm-hmm. to keep it. So Somewhere along the lines, yeah. There's a cost to yeah. pay. For everything, there's a cost. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes, at what point in time is the cost higher on this side versus on the other? Yeah. So I found that the cost of having integrity was high. I found that to, to, to compromise on integrity got me somewhere quicker, faster. So there was value mm-hmm. in not having integrity. But then, like so many, when you finally start looking at yourself and you're like, you got this, but what are you really? Mm-hmm. What is this all actually worth? What's the cost? If you don't have this. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. So all those things that were worth it are no longer, they don't have their worth. They don't have their value. And only this now had value. Like, and, and that became the mission. So to go get and go develop that integrity, um, it became a thing from, from that point. And from... Uh, from an earlier, earlier stage. So if I, if I was looking all the way back, um, you know, the, the first of it was when we, we immigrate. And this is a typical story we hear. So we immigrate to, the, to this country. And the first challenge I have with integrity is, so who are you? And who do you want to be? Because who you are is unknown, mm-hmm. is foreign, is not accepted. When we were younger and we lived in Saudi Arabia, we couldn't, we couldn't let people know who we were. So from a young age, mm-hmm. uh, we, you're already used to masking. We're, we get used to masking. And it becomes a, a you got us to survive. People can't know who you are. Um, so that was okay from, from the get-go. And so it just, we transferred that yeah. now to a, a, a place where, uh, no, everybody wants to know who you are. But actually, not everybody wants to know who you are. So... Uh, or can understand you. So we just continue to give people what they, what, what they, works for yeah. them. And so I kept on, I kept on doing this. I kept on doing this. And when I had, I had arrived here, I'm this um, scrawny kid who is uh, one year ahead of his grade, right? So mm-hmm. everybody's bigger. So there's the idea of, well, you better put up like, you gotta be go out there. Yeah, you got to be bigger. And so there's a lot of that. Um, and it's like, yeah, so, okay, so size matters. So we got to be bigger. We got to be, and you're not bigger. So you got to find a way to show your, your, your bigness. And so find somebody else to push around and, you know, that sort of thing. So those are the thoughts that I'm learning. But I got tired of it because I couldn't be the bigger person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't fast enough. I wasn't anything enough. Um, I couldn't even pretend to be. And then I, I met with uh, with martial arts, 
And that was the beginnings of like when I was training, I was like 13 years old. And in a short amount of time, from the time I was 13, 16, maybe 18, by the time I'm 18, um, enough training, Mm -hmm. you know, you put in the time, Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden I'm starting, uh, I'm developing like, um, you know, I can I can see like muscle definition and I can move now like a certain way. I'm running faster. I'm passing people. Um, and the strength starts developing. But it's a it's a it's an outer level strength. Mm-hmm. The inner self is still what it is. Um, and I write about this in one of my essays, like I am starting to really like crush it physically and I feel like unstoppable. And it's like uh, it starts getting to me. Like now I'm thinking I can take anything. Now nothing can stop me. And I am indestructible. And I go very, very quickly. Like I enter a tournament and I win a tournament. I go here and I'm... So I go from losing a lot to winning a lot. There was no... There was a very short transition in between. Mm -hmm. And as I'm winning and as I'm winning, as I'm winning, it's like this, like, uh, you know, like, have you ever been really thirsty? Mm -hmm. And then you see water. And you're like, chug it. it. Like you overdo Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So that's what I did. I just started overdoing it. And um, so like starting to be the bully, starting to push people around. Um, I'm playing soccer uh, and I'm feeling, oh, I can actually now hit a person, knock a person down and they can't do anything about it anymore. Right. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's, I think it's your turn, world, mm. to to feel this. And so like this oppressive, tyrannical state starts taking over. Um, and I could have whatever I want with whoever I want. It was so, um, yeah, it was intoxicating. So, but what's amazing about it is so now I'm falling out of balance, right in 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 doing this but i don't realize it because Mm -hmm. it's such a thrill it's such a high uh and that's i think one of the things that happens to a lot of a lot of people that i've noticed as well as for myself is that when we're on our way to falling out of balance it's not that anyone ever wakes up and says i want to be out of balance it's a pursuit for something whatever it might be um i want to i want to be stronger so i'm going to work out work out work out but and then I lose, you know, I'm laser focused. You know, when mm-hmm. they say laser focused, uh, singular minded, whatever the, these terminologies that come up about having this level of concentration. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not seen as a thing that's that's not good for you. But we can fall so deep into that one area mm-hmm. that we forget the rest. Mm-hmm. And I've done it. So that's what I started noticing that I did this. But it was it was for a good pursuit. Mm-hmm. Right? It usually is. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of the first lessons when I look back about balance mm-hmm. is that is that um, it's not something that we go out there to seek. It's something that we we find ourselves in. And I also... Or strive to protect, really. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm moving forward in this direction and I'm like, this is great. I deserve this. I want more of this now. And it's not until the universe starts saying like sends us messages that mm-hmm. look this is not this is not a just state mm-hmm. this is not good for you or others around you and at first it kind of whispers it to us but then it you know and and there are signs sometimes it's a person who uh we we step on 
to get somewhere. And they give us this look that you're stepping on me. Mm-hmm. And we look at that person and go, yep, I know I stepped on you, but you're insignificant. So I'll keep going because I can get away with it. And then we'll step on somebody else and somebody else. And they keep looking at us and they send us these messages. So that's just an example. Um, and they're like, hey, that wasn't right. And be like, yeah, and what are you going to do about it? And we keep going. Or we justify it. Like, listen, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but I got to do this. And then we keep going. So um, so I noticed that happening. And um, what brought balance back to me, <laughs> I got married. Uh, and my wife is probably the, uh, not probably, she is the, the, the balancing factor in my life. So uh, like for so many, you'll hear the story, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a significant other. So my wife, um, if people meet us, they'll think that like we're like pole opposites from each other. She is super um, low resting level, calm, almost to the point where somebody would say disinterested. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like so just content, calm, complete, um, deeply confident. Whereas I'm the, you know, so let's talk to everybody and that sort of thing. So, so it was also interesting at first because um, I'd be like, I would see her as somebody who I would want to then change to be more like this way, right? And I was thinking, well, well, why not? And only later did I come to appreciate that. I was like, wow, there's a whole other world and it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how do you find the balance between the two? So, uh, so it's the wife who kind of got me grounded right back because now it's not just about me. And if I'm a, if I'm a tyrant, I'd be a tyrant with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can be a tyrant with somebody in passing. They're gone. But now this, this is a partner, a life partner who's present constantly. And um, can't step on them the same way. <laughs> uh, you know, what's them. amazing about her is that she would let me do it. Mm-hmm. That's what's amazing about her is that she she would be like, okay, take your turn, do your thing. And it's not until a long time later that I realized I'm not being, I'm not being fair, right? Um, and so she would set the example for me, but she wouldn't tell me. She would just set the example. It's like the greatest way to teach a person, you know, without telling them. Mm-hmm. But it, you got to also be talking to somebody who's mindful and paying attention. And I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. So that brings the balance back. And, um, and I go into, uh, and now we're, we're into the 20s. I'm fast tracking, but I go into my 20s where I start my first businesses. And um, I had learned about an area of industry that I never knew existed. Um, it, was, it was being able to play at a level of industry where the... You're so much, you're so far past of like retail or what consumers see mm-hmm. that you're like, whoa, I didn't even know this realm even existed and who the players were who play at that level. And I got to see that and I got to participate in it. And it is, um, it was bigger than anything I'd ever done. So again, there was like this pursuit for more now money and it's just growing and it's fast. And all of a sudden you go from being, you know, others have talked about it. And I felt like this person who was working on an hourly rate, 
mm-hmm. to there's no limit on what you can make in a day. Wow. You know, and then I start pursuing that really hard. And so all hours of the day and night working with overseas, just trade business around the clock. And the the thing about money is, and business is it never sleeps. Like no. there's always somewhere there's commerce going on. And I was, I was looking to just spend the whole day doing it. Um, I don't realize I'm losing balance all this time again. Uh, I didn't get to a fall down point. You know how you, people talk about there being a fall down mm-hmm. point. I never got to the fall down point with with that. I got warnings. So what did your warnings look like? <laughs> so the one warning I will never forget was it was my father-in-law. God rest his soul. Uh, he'd come to town and we were going for walks at night. So we're going for a walk and I'm on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's morning somewhere else. It's night where we are, and I'm going for a walk, and I'm yapping on the phone while I'm talking. This is like 99, year 2000, like um, talking, talking, talking on the phone from one call to the next while we're walking. And he stopped in the middle, of it, and I'm just stopping You're not with him. For yeah, I'm not present for any of this. And I'm walking, and he stops, and we all stop. I stop, but I'm still talking. And he just waits. And I finish the call. And he goes, can I see your phone? And he takes my phone. And we had the flip phones back then. And he flipped it and he put it in his pocket. And I was like, I got to make a call. Are you kidding me? And then he just kept walking. (laughs) And I didn't recognize it even then. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, look. What he was saying to you. I go, look, I got to pay for all this. And this is how I pay for this. Look at all that we have. This is how I do it. Um, don't tell me how I'm going to run my business. You know, like yeah, son-in-law, father-in-law yeah. thing. Like, you know, don't tell them, you know, don't let them tell you how it's going to be. But that was my first reaction, if I'm being honest. But, uh, you know, I just carried on. Okay, all right, let's go. It's fine. Got Short visit. He doesn't live there. Let's just move just, on. Yeah. Uh, so I realized from an early stage that I, I should have checks and balances built around me. I knew that much. But the problem is when we put the checks and balances in place, we will also fight them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I put the kind of checks and balances in place. Uh, I would say I did it necessarily just by design, but like getting married at a young age for me was um, such an intentional thing that some of my friends were like, what are you doing getting married at this age? We are not ready for this. You haven't lived you're going to regret this. Mm-hmm. You're going to wish you had done some things when you're 30. You're going to wish that you had done these things. Trust me from now, my friends were telling mm-hmm. me. I remember this so clearly because they were like, you know, you're doing it too soon. Um, and I was like, no. I How think old I, were you? I, I was 21. Oh, I was 21, you were young, yeah. yeah. It's considered yeah. relatively young. I was 23. Young. She wasn't yeah. 20 yet. Yeah. And it is It is young, I guess. It's yeah. considered young yeah. by some people because we haven't matured yet. Yeah. Um, we, weren't on our, we weren't on our feet yet in, in sort of set. Had I not gotten married, when I'd gotten married, the way that I was, ugh, the kind of trouble that I would have gotten myself into or where I would have ended up with this ego of mine would have been such a state perhaps of imbalance that coming back from that would have been that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so yeah, it was a life move, and having you know our first, so so having our first son, where it was about like now mid twenties, late twenties, right? Um, and looking at this this other now like 
person who's in our life who's got more a different kind of meaning than any other person can ever have mm-hmm. a child right uh looking at this child and saying okay we we want to give them the the best possible options the best possible life um and i learned a lesson from somebody i remember who had i looked at him and i looked at his kids and i was like oh, i really like the way your kids are can you give me some advice and i just go right up to people and i just ask him point blank and he said the most profound thing to me i carried with me till today and he said you know we talk about integrity mm-hmm. so this comes into play later but he says you want good kids and i was like yeah i was like be a good person you be good see how simple that is yeah it's like just you be good uh and your kids will be good i go okay so to get my kid to what i wanted yeah. him to be and to what i wanted him to have i couldn't just go buy it no well done is well, oh, well my said, gosh right yeah so that was the next thing that that kind of brought the balance around um but even in trying to raise our first one so what does that mean though like when you're trying to bring the balance okay. like what is yeah so all the things that i would ever want him to have to be mm-hmm. i'd have to be first mm-hmm. so you know how the whole you know the do as i say not as i do that had to go and i'd already i already seen that you know that way of doing things where uh where it's like do as i say and then i'm like but you don't do it and you know we've seen it so many times mm-hmm. but i was like i will not do that right i will not get caught in that i got caught in that at some point because every kid sees it because the integrity stuff came for you later right that so, awareness. so so you're a dad when you're acting in a non-integral way like yeah. through your own account right yeah. so now i'm still doing it but now i got to do a better job of, of hiding, hiding it, it. Ah, okay. Right? So it just makes you really busy and fragmented. So all the meanwhile there's this image that's just you I'm going to be this to my son yeah. and I'm like this dad whatever whatever yeah good trying to be a good dad and all these other things. Uh but on the inside there's nothing. And it's funny like I'll have a bunch of people now come up to me after this probably going after they see this going no way that was there's no way you can tell us that was not real I'm like yeah that was not real right and and some of them will say oh, I knew it or that's really disappointing mm-hmm. and that's the fear is that you know what man I was just as afraid I was just as confused I didn't know the answers. Mm-hmm. I was making it all up. Yeah. Um you know and we're encouraged by the way in some ways because it's like you know the whole fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. But we can def- I started using that as my like motto. Like I'm just I'll make it. I just got to get through this point. Yeah. But the world wasn't responding. Slippery slope though because it serves a purpose and there is a whole school of psychology about why that helps us and move forward but that becomes a pathology of some sort that's not really helpful well to everything that that comes a point of being excessive yeah and and that's where we get lost so it's we find that faking it till we make it works but then we just but then you're just pushing in the fake right yeah. so in anything yeah. that i found that i could do that i would do i would keep pushing i would keep pushing and the pursuit of more of something is what has always gotten me off my balance so uh so for example uh it would be 
make more money, work harder, work more hours, but then we lose the time with the family. Mm-hmm. So um, same with, uh, so as I'm going through this, um, all, all of the stuff that we're, we're, we're doing, um, we're finding success of different sorts. But ultimately, when it came down to it, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was always the older one. I always say the older one taught me how to live; the younger one taught me how to love. So there were two things that I was not being true about, and it was my two sons that I credit for, like um, reflecting that back mm-hmm. to me, because I found that if I didn't, that's where I would learn the lesson. And um, and and with the the younger one, I'm sorry, the older one, it was about. Hey, listen. Be a person of integrity, okay? So by getting him to do it, then you've then, absolved then, yourself of needing to do it. Yeah, yourself. and I think a lot of parents do it. That's like, hey, you're better than me right now. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I've taken care of you, so I'm good now. But I wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Actually, I wasn't. So, um, so doing, uh, so doing that, you know, he starts down this path of he's an honest kid. Um, says please this the whole thing and i'm looking at him going and he doesn't even know who i am right and i've got this thought in my head the whole time um one of the thing that i found that was that i was not true about um was when it came down to to business because i've always been around business and it was it, when i finally got over this hump it changed everything and it was that when I was taking care after the client, it wasn't that I was taking care of the client. It's that it's just I wanted to sell something. Mm-hmm. And I'd been told before, you're a great sales guy, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty good. But then I didn't realize that that was also another way of saying to me that you're not really watching what the other person needs or mm-hmm. wants. You're just looking to close and get on to the next close. And there's no question about whether this is good for them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that when I'd get to certain levels, when I'd be in front of certain opportunities, I would, there would be this moment of doubt in myself. Could I go ahead? Could I close this? Could I do this? Am I worthy of having this kind of client? And the funny thing is, is as I'm sitting in front of them, I could sense it, that they're looking at me going, you're not worthy of having our business. And I would see it and I would actually be like, you're right. I'm not worthy of having this business. And the deal would fall apart. But we wouldn't have actually, we would mm-hmm. have that conversation. Verbal. And I'd be wondering, why are these transactions not closing? Why am I hitting this point and not getting further? And so that's when I realized, okay, so that's what I got to correct. And, um, and the price for that would mean... That sometimes I'd have to give up. Like somebody would actually walk in and I'd say, yeah, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is not going to, this is going to, this is good. This is uncomfortable. So this is like how another... did it change in your practice then? Like if you're always trying to sell someone something, how did that look differently than them purchasing what aligned with their needs rather than what you wanted to sell? So the crazy thing about that is it's going to sound like the perfect sales pitch. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've been told. It's the perfect sales pitch. It's actually they would come in and I'd be like, so what do you want? Yeah. Not what do I have? It's what do you want? Yeah. What do you need? Okay, that's it. 
that's all you need. What about like, what are your, have you thought about this? Have you thought, it wasn't about products and services. It's about what's your direction? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? It was about them. Okay. It went from being about what I'm getting about from this Mm -hmm. to what are they getting? But did you get more successful after you? The crazy thing is. Yes. Of course you did. It was, it's like, it's unreal, did. the amount of yeah. success. Yeah. But for somebody who is lacking in their own confidence or lacking in their own abundance, we don't see that. Mm-hmm. We see, because we're be so everything. empty, yeah. yeah. if I don't get this, like it's, we see in that transaction, we see what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's why sometimes like I would look at a deal like even till today. So for example, there'd be a transaction where I'd be looking at it. I've given everybody, I've given the person everything that they need more than they need. And then I watch back and they'd be like, now I want a little more. Mm-hmm. And then I would step back. I'd be like, Whoa, wait a second. You got everything you need. Now this is just a matter of more for you. No. <laughs> but then I was thinking, I used to do that. I'd be trying to get as much mm-hmm. as I could out of it, not thinking about whether they're losing or gaining or what. With the balance. There was, was no consideration. Yeah. None whatsoever. It was, you know, there's a concept in pricing. They call it whatever. They, they say what the market can bear. Mm-hmm. I hate that concept. I, like, I Actually, today I advocate against it. If I were to teach in you know business school or whatever, I'd be like, throw that idea out the window. It's not what the market can bear. It's what's the value of this? Yeah. Stop. Don't try to make as much as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Think about how everybody wins. Take a holistic approach. Take a sustainable approach. Mm-hmm. Now they're talking about those concepts now. Mm-hmm. Slowly, sustainability is coming into play. But before, it was profit as much as yeah. you possibly can. Yeah. And... I bought in. I drank the Kool-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. Until such time, I was like, it's eating at me, like eating at my consciousness, killing me. And I'm done being two different people. Mm-hmm. That was killing me too. So I was like, I'm tired of being two different people. I just want to be one person. And I had to first be okay with that one person. Yeah. Well, because with, now your insecurities are now in the the forefront, right? They're they're not hidden behind this mask you have going on. And I credit again, um, if I'm going to tell the story, I credit martial arts again because when I first got that, uh, for me, the, everything was in that black belt when I first. Because you it. stopped doing martial arts, I think the same yeah. time you stopped for 21 years. That's it. So first, for the, so so I get that first black belt, and I have the black belt. Mm-hmm. I I am. I'm not being a black belt. I'm just having it. You know, there's yep. a difference between having the something. The status of the black belt. Yeah, and I then got you the status. It, yeah, and then. But the black belt is not just having the it's belt. It's a way of being. It's a way of being. And I wasn't embodying all of these tenets. Yeah. But I passed the test, right? The physical test. And so, uh, so years go by, and I started training again. And it's when I started training a second time that I couldn't hide couldn't hide for yourself. I couldn't hide my faults anymore. I'm older. uh, I move slower. And I had to start all over again. But now I'm like... um, But I would even more outside of the physical stuff, it's the the character stuff that it makes you look at. I would feel is where the heaviest lifting is. So that's why I I thank um, Master Fra. Because the guy is for real. Um, And I hadn't had a relationship like with a person who is of the caliber that he is 
I hadn't had that ever. Mm-hmm. I've had some great people around me my whole life, starting with my parents and my teachers, my uncles, my family, all of them, great, great people, great. My sisters, my siblings, great. My wife, great. Master Farah is a different kind of great, mm-hmm. too. And I hadn't had that from that point of view. Everybody else was well, very personally, very too, personally collected to me. Yeah. I had never seen a person like that around me who was not my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the way in, in which he operates and the way in which he does things. And I, I, sometimes I would see how he would leave it, leave, leave it on the table to be taken. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how, how, how could you do that? And how, that's okay. And you did that. And it, it brought out another side to me. I was like, whoa. So I started coming across the idea of just, just putting everything out, everything you have, give it, mm-hmm. like, put it all out and you'll be fine. Whereas when we have no integrity, there's nothing to put out. There's nothing. Without, I never thought of it that When way. there's no integrity, mm-hmm. there's nothing to put out. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing? We're constantly trying to... Hoard and gather. We're trying to gather. Keep, yeah. So the test of my own integrity became, mm-hmm. how much can I give? How much can I put out? How much can I let go? And I found myself not willing to let go of many things. And I was like, huh. So that's going to be your challenge. And that is a huge one because we place so much value on that. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of, yeah, I was just talking to my mom recently and she was saying, she's like, your dad really doesn't need anything. I'm like, no, like he actually does not want for anything at all. It doesn't even, doesn't even occur to him to go buy himself a new shirt. He'll just be like, oh, it has a hole in it. Yeah. It's still good. The rest of the shirt's still good. Yeah. And he'll just keep wearing the shirt. Yeah. And, and so it just it's so liberating when you don't have that kind of you know, we live weight in a, on you. you. Have you heard people say like, oh, and we write it on our resumes, I'm results oriented. Mm-hmm. You heard that results oriented thing? I've been very results oriented. Close the sale, be number one, win. But how uh, do you get those results? Yeah, but it didn't it didn't matter because yeah. I'm results oriented. Yeah. I'm focused. I get it done. I deliver. Mm-hmm. And I deliver like the, on the top. Cost? I'm the best. Um, but it's all that I was compromising on. Mm-hmm. And that one thing, and it kept coming back to that one thing. And I couldn't stand it anymore. So then I was like, forget about the result. All you need to know is did you put everything you mm-hmm. got in you out there? And I came to realize I didn't have much. I hadn't worked on anything. But then I was like, whatever I have is what I'm going to put out. So what you put out? And, like, it was everything that I got. So if somebody came in, I had to know for myself, like, we're talking about business or in anything. I was like, I have to know that I did everything that I could possibly do. And, you know, when you see somebody exert themselves to the greatest degree that they can, mm-hmm. you know that they're giving so you everything. Would you feel like the holding... level of conscientiousness came in that you wouldn't have had before? Absolutely. Because you're always then thinking about what other people need when you're practicing conscientiousness. Absolutely. There's like a huge logistics attached to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, and then I'm also thinking about what, what am I giving? Right. What really am I offering anybody? Um, where am I taking them? And so my result was really their result, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of becoming their result. Mm-hmm. And I was enjoying it. And I was like, yeah, 
And did you did the returns from people change or people's feedback? I'll tell you in 2018, um, I remember there was a, I don't know if I can even talk about this. Has enough time passed? Two years, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so there was this, uh, there was this effort that um, a group had approached us to take us public. And it was about, you know, hey, you're doing something really special here. It, you know, you can take this and blah, blah, blah. And it's this much multiple and you walk away with this many zeros. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this sounds really, really interesting. Uh, okay, let's start on the process. And I had to start giving them my goals, mm-hmm. right? And showing them, like, check under the hood, you know, check yep. the financials. And it's all there. It's all looking really good. And these are my goals. Um, somewhere along the line, though, uh, as we're going through that, there's this taste. I was like, ah, this sounds like it's about the money again. Yeah. And I was like, I have to resist this. I got to say no. In, like, this is going to make me a ton of money. But it just, something about it feels like it's about the quantity of things, not the quality, not the quality of things. Of- and so I started saying to myself, if I feel like it's about the quantity of things, that's my marker. That, if I was to say, is what is it? It's it's that right there when I hit that fork. Mm-hmm. Is this about quantity? And that's if I can answer that, it's a, such an easy mm-hmm. yes or no question. Mm-hmm. Is this about quantity? If yes. What's motivating you yeah. right now? Is this about quantity? Yes. Then don't go that way. Yeah. That's it. Is this about the quality of something? Yes. Then go that way. Yeah. And or if, just, you, if it is about the quality or the quantity, whichever we need to go, sometimes we have to make a balanced decision in one way. So, you know, um, I got to say, there is no such thing as an imbalance mm. when it comes to quality. You can always increase. You can't lose your balance. I find mm-hmm. I can't lose balance. Increasing quality. No. But I can lose but balance. Lo- but you'll lose it. if you're increasing quality. Sometimes your cost will go up, or the time goes up. But, so interestingly, but that eventually comes back. Pays to you back many exactly. Fold. But you have to go into it with that awareness that okay, I'm going to be you know a little bit of an uphill learning curve here, whatever it is, and but it's going to come back. Uh, I was focusing mm-hmm. so much on our sales and the numbers mm-hmm. that I was, and and that's why coming back to this group, when I didn't feel it, I I. I cut the deal. I was like, you know what? Thank you, but no thank you. We're moving on. But then there's there's always I don't know what the the dynamic the dynamic of the deal was, but I know from other conversations I've had with people in similar situations, um they didn't like what was going to be done with the company that they were selling or that or that the intellectual property how that they were selling how it was going to be um utilized or sometimes I've heard they were like manipulated or um, misuse some people's um, like heartstrings kind of thing. Like they're just. That's I've seen if you've those heard kind that of in, from people. Yeah, those kind that's of. That's got to be what decision. I call the old school. Yeah. Because new school is the way we're taught, and it's mm-hmm. taught start something, don't Finish get emotional, it, make a ton of money, get as this many users, get it to mm-hmm. this multiple, and then get out. Yeah. There is there there's no more question of well what's the value that you're giving people what are your relationships yeah. it's got nothing to do with that anymore right although 
These I were actually young and old people, but yeah, was it? like. But well, I'm not I saying see, young and old. I'm saying new and old. New and old, ways. but yeah, but yeah. I see, I yeah. see where they got their thoughts. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Their style from, yeah. Um, and then you see what's going on, but that's a whole other conversation of, of of how business works, and 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 what's now happening in places like Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and all the things that have happened on Wall Street that 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 um, that point to like the problem with thinking this way and, and working this way and how sustainable is it and how really good is it for the consumer and how is it good for even the people that are involved. It's not involved. good for anyone. Right. Yeah. And the, the cost to the consciousness, the cost to people's health, the cost to people's wealth, everything. The it fact just, that we're interconnected and we're like yeah. making decisions literally that disenfranchise right. other people. But to our scenario, yeah. why I brought it up was because there was a pause and after a few months they came back to me again mm. and they came back to me just because we intersected on another um on another opportunity and the same guys asked me to said so just out of curiosity did you meet your targets that you were setting out for and i said to them i remember these words they just came right out of my mouth i was like you know what's interesting is i stopped looking at the targets and they're like really and i said yeah and then i crushed them Mm-hmm. And so that was another thing about balance is that uh, if there's one thing that I would say about it, it's that every time I have fallen out of balance, every time, it has been in the pursuit of more, mm-hmm. more something. I want to have more likes. I want to have more friends. I want to have more money. I want to have more property. I want to have more, more, more something. It's the quantity of things. That is the only place I ever lose balance. If I ever say, uh, I want to learn how to channel my energy better. If I want to say, I want to, cha- I want to focus on how I can think better. But the, that's, These you are qualitative time, things. But you have to create time yes. for that, though. But, or carve right. out time, I Carve out say. time, sure. But whatever I, I give up to, to focus on these things... That the quantity of all of a sudden now I have more time. Mm-hmm. It seems when I talk to the people who I talk to, everybody seems busy, whereas I don't feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And the, and my my son and some people ask me, go, how do you do all of these things that you're doing now? And I go, yeah, it's because I don't feel overwhelmed about any of it. I'm true to what I can do, and it, it's funny how they all like sync up together. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I find that even when I do focus on the quality of who I am and I work on that, the quantities that are related to me, it's almost like this. It's kind of like um, if we are like the center of something, right? Mm-hmm. Our universe, mm-hmm. right? Our core, right? Quite often what I think happens with me or happened with me was that I was trying to build the crusts, the crust layer, the outer layers. I'm trying to add more crust Right. And instead, now what I would do is I focus only on the core. And as the core becomes stronger, Mm -hmm. gravity takes over and the rest of it just attracts without the effort of having to go and chase it. Yeah. That's the law of attraction, the power of manifestation. That's balance. Creating your own world. Yeah. Inviting what aligns. In a nutshell. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, and the work-life balance, like for, from the visual on your computer, like I, to your point, I don't know if it was on the cameras were on or not yet, but 
I can't stand those visuals that drive me crazy because I too have the same concept of that of like there's just life there's no work life work is part of life whether it's housework or homework or work work like it's everything is is just life and how to keep your life in balanced and the ebbs and flows in that and I think that's the tricky part um I constantly find and I don't know maybe others find the same thing that there's always a call mm-hmm. there's always an invitation um to offer me more of something. Yeah. Or to distract you. <laughs> and, well, that's it. So so the hard part about keeping the balance is saying no mm-hmm. to it. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing how much more I have or I feel I have by saying no more, mm-hmm. not yes more. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I talk about this book all the time. You know, the, 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 the disciplined pursuit for less. And I, I said to myself, I said, I wonder how great it will feel the day that I can completely empty myself, the day I can completely have nothing left inside of myself. And I was recently speaking to a really good friend of mine on this topic. And I said, you know, um, usually we are consumed by bringing more into ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I start thinking about putting more of myself out and just emptying and just giving more and more i said the most amazing thing i've discovered the most amazing thing and he says let me guess i said yeah go ahead he goes you discover you actually have more i go yes i go the crazy thing that happens is that we are so rich Mm -hmm. just in terms of who we are and what we have to offer Mm -hmm. that the more we empty the more we discover is there and then we empty that and we empty that that is actual growth not collecting something but emptying it out from ourselves. I don't know how I'm if I'm saying yeah. it right. No, it's like it's redistribution or planting seeds. And, but as we put it, that out, it comes the out, rest of it just starts growing along with it. Yeah, but that's the ripple effect, yeah. right? Like is like you were saying, you were talking about going to a quantum level. That's what quantum thinking is. Quantum thinking is, is planting an intention and letting the ripple take effect. Yeah, I always, I always say like... Attachment to outcome, right? When people are ever, ever have a question to ask themselves, the question is not, what more can I get? Mm-hmm. It's more, what can I do? Simply, yeah. what more can I give? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they actually want more, it's I, I, it's almost like now I have this attitude to someone who comes in and says, hey, I want this. I go, stop. Mm-hmm. Why would you come to me with what you want? Mm-hmm. Why don't you come to me with an offer? Do you think I'll be more responsive when you come with an offer? Or do you think uh, you'll, I'll be more responsive when you come with, a, with an ask? Mm-hmm. What we're taught to do, I find sometimes, or we're, wherever we might learn it, is that to, to have more, we have to ask for more. We have to go get more. We have to go take more. Yeah, grind Because I think the, lo- take, yeah. the lesson that I learned out of all of this is I want more, give more. That's it. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and, and then and lastly. Sometimes less is more. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah, as we like, give, we have yeah, less, right? Yeah. So that's but the whole counterintuitive part. But in terms of part. even like physical things is more. Yeah. Because I think, what is it, you were talking with Mike, you're like the things that we own, own us kind yeah. of thing, right? That's that's yeah. that's that's the toxic dream we're all fed, right? Is this consumption mentality of needing more and achieving to get more. And it's it's just this vicious cycle of consumerism and materialism that I feel like, I don't know. I broke the heart so... of a couple of wealth advisors as well who, <laughs> who, who came, came talk to me and say, hey, you know, if you give us the money and we, we, we're here to talk to you about this, I was like, what are you here to talk to me about? How we can make you... Richer, more. yeah. And I was like, 
I'm not your client. Yeah. I'm not interested in any of that. And then somebody said to me, goes, Muhammad, you can only say that because you probably have yeah. enough. And I'm like, you would be surprised mm-hmm. how little you have to have. Yeah. Yeah. I was on, thinking on, of, the, on that level. Yeah. Before you start realizing that's really not worth it. And that's the thing. It. Like, I've seen it happen like because I've worked, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of families who, um, you know, they have let me know what their financial struggle is and, and just how real the day-to-day is for them, which is terrifying. And, you know, um, we do live, and speaking from a GTA perspective, it's insanely expensive to live here. And so just that onto itself is an issue. So you have, I see people who are, in, in families I work with or even family, my family itself, because there's a spectrum of um, of uh, financial kind of uh, prosperity in my family from the haves and haves nots, if you will, from right. a financial perspective. And so what I've noticed is it's always where you make it. It's always where you make it. I have sat down with families or I'll sit down with my dad who will like. He doesn't, he won't have anything sometimes and, or he'll be like, he'll destroy his house to renovate it. It's, it's better now, but he'll destroy it and he'll be literally living in a construction zone yeah. and be so content mm-hmm. because it's his construction zone. Yeah. And, and other people would be like horrified from it or going into someone's house and they have absolutely nothing. They don't even have furniture in their homes, but they're the most content, happy people you've ever met because they're so grateful for what they do have. And then other people um, that might be on the same spectrum or have such an abundance of wealth and resources. Um, some of the unhappiest people I've ever met. And they're caught in this circle of like how to keep it and how to sustain it and how to stay in a toxic dynamic in their business relationship just because they got to keep up with everything that they've built under this yeah. this illusion so it's such a it's such an interesting thing when people can separate their value and their worth from the material stuff. A hundred percent. So much more. One of one of the questions that um, that has cropped up is like you know as we're falling off of that balance point, you know you you use the word now instead of balance. What do you say? Flow and friction and flow. Friction yeah. and flow. Because <laughs> yeah. we were just talking about this earlier that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, are we ever in a state of perfect, perfect balance? Um, it's it's a lofty point to get to. I think it's possible to get there when we have no more need anymore. Right. But be- because we're creatures of need, constantly looking to expand, it's how do we bring that need down to zero? Yeah. And as soon as we bring that need that need. I need to close the sale. I need to get this client. I need to buy these shoes. I need to. As soon as that need comes down to zero, balance really starts becoming that much more of a reality. But mm-hmm. it's it's this need. I do want to become a better person. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Um, you know, I, I what I want to be able to do more push-ups. I, I, I want to be able to whatever it is for everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, I want to be able to run a mile in whatever. Um, so so all of these all of these things are you know staying in that flow but then the the key is you know staying true like back to that integrity point yeah. I think the 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 one thing that I've learned forever has been now that if I am just just perfectly honest with my situation mm-hmm. uh I will be fine and if it's not good enough uh then 
And, and I, I don't know if I, if I were told you about this, the largest deal that we ever did here was with a client who came in. And I, every time I remember, uh, you know, they come in, they ask for pricing proposals. Mm-hmm. That, I think, have I ever said this before? I don't know. But it was, a, it was the largest client we've ever seen. And I promised myself that I would not go in there with a position of need for mm-hmm. this client. And, and so I really, um, I exaggerated myself just to make sure. So when they said, hey, can you give us a floor plan? And I was like, it's on our website. And they're like, okay, do, do you have availability? Yes. Just very. Yeah. I was, I was like, I looked at it like if this didn't happen, who cares? Mm-hmm. Right. So they said, okay, can you send us pricing? No. And I said, let me try it, right? Because I've tried the other ways and they haven't worked so much, right? In these same situations. So this was the biggest I'd ever done. So I said, I'm going to try something different. And and I was like, if this doesn't work, the other thing wasn't going to work anyway. So <laughs> what have I lost? <laughs> I, I totally looked at him like, and I said, like, no. Yeah. And they said, so what? when do we get a proposal? And I said, well, first you have to come here and I got to meet you guys. And they're like, well, it's for a director of ours who's got no time. And they need to know. I go, I need to meet them. Yeah. That was it. Because it's in your environment. Well, I was like, I'm not going to get this deal anyway. Yeah. So let's just see what happens. The director shows up with their team. And they're walking around. And then I said, if they show up, I'll serve them. So I said, hey, you know, uh, what do you need? Da, da, da. We'll put this here. We'll do this there. And then he looks at me. And, and I, re- I didn't realize it, but he had already made up his mind at that moment. And he says, okay, our office will be in touch with you. And I said, okay. I didn't know what that meant then. Mm-hmm. But he goes back. I get a call from, like, they're from Boston, these guys. They're a huge multinational company. And if I told you the name, you'd know it. But they say, uh, the guy calls back and goes, okay, so now can we have a proposal? Because it's down to you and one other company. And I thought, okay, No. I'm not going to give you a proposal still. <laughs> and he's like, so when will I get a proposal? I said, I'm not in business, but isn't that a normal thing it's to not, do? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a normal a, thing to say this is perfectly what the normal, cost Perfectly normal to like, do. Yeah, it's perfectly normal <laughs> okay. to do it. But this time I was giving it the big F you, like, I don't care. I just wanted to know. I'm one of those, I got to try it to yeah, know it for really myself. Push the envelope. I really pushed the envelope. So I said to him, uh, when you tell me, that we're the only ones left, that's when I'll send you a proposal. It was a ridiculous ask. It was ridiculous. Yeah, because it's part of their informed decision-making, I yeah. would think, right? And, like, they have to do this. They have yeah. to get three quotes. Yeah. I kid you not, Trina, he instantly goes to, okay, you're the only one. Now, that defies... Did you get the, did you take the proposal and then walk away and go to someone else? Or right? did you land them? So I, I said to him, no, but what my response to him after that was, so from now on, anything that you ask for, I'm probably a categorical yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm a reasonable person. You're a reasonable person. You have the other quote, right? If I'm being unreasonable, you can walk away. But I'll match it. I'll get you whatever you want. And it was the easiest negotiation I have ever been through because they did not ask for $1 off what I offered. Hmm. And you would think the bigger they are, 
right? The harder they're going to bargain. And I got to, I got to say, even when their lawyers got involved to to look over the agreements, they were so careful. They were like, "Is it okay if we <laughs> just added this language in here, just to clarify, just to clarify?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." The lesson I learned from that was there's a saying, and this has a lot to do, I think, with with balance too. There's a saying. It says, "Treat the world like your shadow." Mm. I love this. There's parts of the day where it's bigger than you, and there's parts of the day where it's smaller. Um, the logic behind it is: if you chase your shadow, you'll never catch it. Mm-hmm. Turn your back on your shadow and watch what it does. It chases you. So it's like um, if we really, I feel like if we want something, I'm not saying use reverse psychology every single time, and you know, but know your worth. That's what I take from that conversation. Yeah. Is know your worth, right? If and, you were, and, if I was meant to have something, mm-hmm. I now believe. 100 percent yeah i will have it yeah and what i'm not meant to have no matter how hard i try for it have you ever felt like sometimes you're trying so hard for something and it's just not it's just not working out mm-hmm. but we have to have it mm-hmm. so it's that letting go that um that detachment mm-hmm. from it all and a lot of people too i find when they're starting off in business is they will undervalue their worth just to get the business so they're yeah they're just they're really not even covering all of their costs all the time i've done it just, i've done it so many right, times just to get that wheel uh the wheelhouse going and that referral source going but then that becomes a habit almost of just not valuing yourself since the beginning of the conversation you were saying you're you're feeling like you're falling out of balance now yeah so how is that being shown to you? Like, how is that? How are you? How are you aware? Because the bus hasn't lost the wheels yet. But yeah, <laughs> um, the signs are. You know, you remember we talked about it earlier. That we, Trina, in, in another conversation, we said, "Don't wait until the universe is screaming." Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, is that it's not different now than it was before. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's just the signs come sooner. Right, the or you see are, them sooner. You see them sooner, yeah. and not only do you see them sooner, you respect. What I, you're I find, seeing. I find, like now, my level of respect back to the signs are like, thank you, universe, or thank you, God, for showing me this. Okay, right. So, um, usually, I find. Um, some would interpret this as stress, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. I watch my stress level. I watch my stress level very carefully. So what's stress look like for you? Um, every day, right? Uh, it's like I, I judge the success of a day mm-hmm. by how much fun I'm having in my day. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like I'm in flow, I'm having a lot of fun and things are just moving along. It's It's such an easy way to measure. Yeah. So if I'm not having fun right away, I'm like, something's off. I'm not enjoying this. So then immediately, as soon as I'm not enjoying something, I'm like, then why am I doing this? Because if it's good for me, I'm, I'm having a good time with it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, by the way, it's not difficult. That's a complete, those yeah, are two different no, things. Yeah, two different things, yeah. So I watch for, am I enjoying it? Something can be difficult and have a lot of joy in it. So that's yeah. one thing that I watch for. 
I find that my stress level increases also when I'm doing things for the like reasons like why am I doing this? Who am I doing this with? Like, mm-hmm. what are their goals? So alignment between myself and the people that I'm working with and, and, and why they're doing it and why I'm doing it. And if that alignment is not there, um, there's stress. Mm-hmm. There's a certain kind of stress. It, it's different where um, somebody forgot something. It's different when uh, somebody just made a, a mistake, you know. Right, this is a core alignment, yeah. like principle, like the integrity, coming yeah. back to the integrity or the principles of how you would function. So let's just say I'm, I'm working with somebody and I'm finding it very hard to get a hold of them. And this is just the beginning of the relationship. I'm thinking to myself, well, if, it's, if, it's, yeah. if this is this hard now, yeah. what's it going to be like later? Uh, if I'm working with uh, a, col- a colleague, a coworker, and I'm thinking, I- I've had to say this like f- four times now. Uh, and this is just like the easy stuff. So I'm I'm brutal about like the, yeah. The so it's no. about recognizing things fast that are because those things can like go on for months. Or yeah, we years, let it go. Yeah, we make and excuses they drain for it. and drain and drain. I, I've noticed that with myself too. I'm getting f- faster at. I just go right for the jugular. I call it cutting connections with things. But sometimes cutting a connection can be something to my detriment, but sometimes it's to my benefit if it's something that isn't aligning or it's stressing me out, right? I'm just one, one faster I, at recognizing one it. One thing I learned from that book uh, of, of um, essentialism is it says, like, you take care of all the big pieces first, mm-hmm. right? So what are my big pieces? And then I, And there's zero compromise on the big pieces. So there is my my health and wellness, my family, my that like whatever my these are my non negotiables. No non negotiables. Yeah. And so stress starts taking place when I feel like I'm negotiating on the non negotiables. Yeah. And as soon as I feel like I'm negotiating on a non negotiable, I'm like, stop. Yeah. You've done this a hundred times. You've fallen off of this because of these reasons. Don't do it anymore. No matter what amount of money is being thrown mm-hmm. at you, no matter what the upsides are, uh, these are non-negotiables. It's usually money, isn't it? It's usually, um, it's usually money. You know, there's a that's often the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also things like fame. Mm-hmm. There's also things like... Um, it's egotistical. There's a lot yeah. of ego. But it's like really surface level things. Very it's surface level things. Surface, yeah. And not only that, they almost like target my non-negotiable on their first opportunity. And when they target the non-negotiable, I'm like, how how you were so quick to go to something that is so valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't possibly, this couldn't possibly be right for me. So I've got my non-negotiables down. And uh, and then I even said, somebody said, well, aren't you afraid? Aren't you worried that then, you know, you know what happens to people who say no to making money, right? Like you, you could run the risk of not making money, being out of money. <laughs> and, I, and, and this is where I came to terms with it. I said, even if it means that I will starve, I believe that in that moment of starvation, I'll probably learn what I'm supposed to learn about something else that's greater. Mm-hmm. So if that's what I got to do, I'm willing now to starve. And I'm not afraid of the death part of it. The, oh, my God, the fear of missing out on mm-hmm. something, whether it's money or life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a the pie in the sky or whatever you want to call it. Like, that was never real. You were never going to get it. 
um, it's just this, uh, it's like an oasis that's just being presented to draw you away, MK, from your non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Don't fall for it. I've fallen it for it before and I realized even what I was chasing was not real. It was a shadow. Yeah. Right? So... I've done it so many times now that I'm like, yeah. you know what? You just don't. That looks you familiar. Don't fall for it no. Yeah, I saw something the other day. My son showed it to me. It was funny. Um, okay, so you know the what is it? I don't know what you call it. It's, it's an acronym, but it's something else. It's like YOLO. Like you only live once. Yep. And so he said, "Oh, you'll like this one." And it was, um, what was it? Jobo, joy only being by my alone joy on being alone or something like that he's like this is like you and i'm like it it totally is me the joy of being alone right and that just that reflective time you're no longer afraid to miss out you're like what's going to come from the self-reflection yeah 